Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Oh, here we go, boys. Go. Love that sound. This is a good one. Well, welcome everybody to the Full Scale Outdoors Podcast. I am Dale Lukeville. Thank you very much for joining me. Here's your weekend recap and rant. So last week, um, I got a call from David Goose, and he said, hey, what are you doing this weekend? You should uh, come up to Fergus and hunt with me, Pit Properties. I was like, mm, you know what? I think I can make that work. <laughs> so I took Friday off, headed up Thursday night, and uh, well, we did a, a podcast, and it was a lot of fun. Sat down with uh, Tony and Colton Strauss, Cody Palin, I hope I'm saying that right, from uh, Kansas, and Peter Krog from Pitt Properties actually joined us later in that podcast, which is coming up right after this one in lieu of your Waterfall Wednesday. I'm putting that in its place. Uh, but yeah, so I headed up there, and uh, I got to say, hunting out of a pit is pretty badass, worth every penny if you've thought about it. If you're like a, if you're a serial freelancer like I, I am, basically... Um, boy, I tell you what, treat yourself from time to time and just spring for the 175 bucks or 150 or whatever the hell it is. It's worth it to not have to lock clog decoys out in a muddy field, do this, do that. It's all set up for you. Jump into a nice warm pit. They make you breakfast. Like it's like, it's pretty goddamn cool. Like <laughs> sit there waiting for geese uh, while well, somebody's making hash browns and eggs and bacon and sausage, um, it's awesome. And 
not to mention I was there with like champion callers or contest callers, and uh, so that was pretty badass. Uh, the geese, however, didn't really want to play all that much. We ended up shooting 10. Um, but, man, did they put on a show, a shit ton of, like, geese in the Fergus area, which is not a shock. Uh, but we actually saw some migrators that day and broke down some big bunches. And I got to tell you, when you're looking at, like, a giant flock, 50-plus, and they're all bowed up, same body posture, just coasting down on those winds and they start maple leafing and they do that it's i mean it's it's kind of that interaction with the calling the visuals that's what makes goose hunting and duck hunting so freaking addictive like you just don't get that with any other kind of hunting i mean I guess the argument could be made with like hunting deer into the rut or maybe turkey hunting. You know, you can do some vocalizations and you might get a reaction, but not nearly to the degree that you get when you're dealing with waterfall. And I would even, I would even dare see geese more so than ducks. I mean, it seems to me that ducks are more visual. The key in on the decoys, sure, calling can work from time to time. But in my history in calling to ducks, it seems like you get ignored far more than than they actually respond to the calls. Whereas like geese seem far more vocal and gregarious that they they really answer to those the call and you can you can really work them down. But that visual and the anticipation of like, oh one more pass would get them right in and then call the shot. Like man, I just don't I just don't see the same thing in any other kind of outdoor endeavor. Turkeys, I can see being that way. You know, you're calling to them. The Tom is reacting to you. He comes charging up to your decoy. You know, and that kind of same anticipation could be there. The difference being a turkey is a turkey is a turkey. And you're one and done. You know, it's not like you can, your limit isn't three or five in the early season. And there aren't multiple species. Let's say honkers, right? You got a limit of three. Well, you shoot your three honkers, but in the meantime, there could be all sorts of different ducks flying around. You can get shoot, depending on the year and the regulations, you get to shoot six of those. And maybe some snow geese happen to pop down. You can shoot whatever your state's daily limit of snow geese is or specs. Like all the things that like make turkey hunting cool, that make deer hunting cool during the rut or pre-rut those are all there but what you don't have is the numbers the the number of opportunities that anticipation build met with the release of actually squeezing off around and then you don't have the variety you don't have the variety of all the different kinds of birds like it's i think that's what really drives like water falling into this like obsessive realm there's just so much going on for it um but yeah we got to experience that that's a long way of saying yeah it was cool <laughs> it was a cool show we got to shoot some geese and then uh they shot some geese the day before they actually shot some like golden eyes too they were set up on a water spot that, that would have been pretty cool shooting golden eyes out of a technically um you know a field spread that would have been super badass 
Uh, but they had some geese from yesterday. So, like, we took a, a quick break, ran into town. And I, I knew I should have just done this. I was in Walmart the day before already, like, getting snacks and breakfast stuff and whatnot, drinks. I was like, ah, I should just get the stuff to make tacos, make goose tacos. I'm like, ah, I'll be fine. They, they probably have a plan or blah, 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 whatever. Well, anyways, got to talking. I'm like, yeah, you know what? Let's. I'm going to make some tacos for you guys. So we took a quick break, ran in town. I got the stuff mixings to make tacos. Oh, excuse me. Whew, man, that yawn came out of nowhere. Um, anyways, so I got stuff for um, tacos. And so we, they went and they grabbed some of the meat from the geese they had killed the day before. And I'm cutting these things up. I mean, I'm trying to cut them up. But, like, I'm in the process of preparing everything. And I'll say, oh, there's some over there. And they start calling. So I hop up there and I get ready and call. And then nothing happens. I jump back down go back to it. And uh, at some point, and this, like, repeated itself multiple times. At some point in time, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I don't need to pull the trigger. You guys get some geese in. You kill them. Whatever. I got <laughs> to finish this. Or we're never going to eat. Uh, so I did. I cut the garlic and I cut up the uh, the onions and I sliced up the goose meat into thin strips, got everything ready. I forgot to buy freaking cheese, though, like an idiot. So thankfully they had some cheese there. It wasn't like shredded cheese. It was like sliced American, but whatever, it worked. Uh, but I got the like the sour cream and lettuce, and uh, somebody had already brought a jar of salsa. For why, I don't know why, but it was there, so we took advantage of it. Um and so I was able to make, and there was one point in time, like if you're not following me on Snapchat, you know, check me out on Snapchat. It's just me, Dale Luganville on Snapchat. I Snapchat like kind of the whole experience. And um, at one point in time, um, my phone died, so that sucked. But I think it got on there. I was like making, I was down there and I'm preparing or I'm frying it or whatever. And they're calling, they're going on, and they actually shot into a flock. And I believe, if my memory serves, actually uh, killed a couple out of that flock. So that was actually kind of cool, like cooking up geese while they're shooting geese in a heated pit. Like that whole situation, scenario, like where else can you get an experience like that? Like that is super unique, super badass. Um, and, yeah, as far as like hunts go, we, there was like nine of us. We shot ten birds. Yeah, is that a banger? Nah, not really. But we got ten birds. I'm not going to complain about ten birds. And, again, like I said, we saw an awesome show. We had tons of birds working, um, doing it. And just, you know, as hunting would have it, sometimes they just they just don't do it. I mean, what are you going to do? Um, it was a great time. I highly recommend Pit Properties. Um, you know, talking to Peter, what a great dude that guy is super likable guy the lodge system he's got up there it's so clean so nice um yeah so i mean in my limited pit experience i mean i gotta tell you that i mean he's got it going on at pit property so if you want if you would like to try a pit hunt i recommend it highly money well spent go check it out definitely get a hold of them and um Give it a try. You're not going to regret it. I mean, it's it's picking up the gun, shooting or not. Like it's it's quite the experience just to be in this giant hole in the ground. All the creature comforts you could ask for are in there. Um, and we're making pots of coffee. Like I don't know, dude. It's 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 pretty hard to beat. A guy could get 
real, real used to that real fast. So, yeah, that was that was my Friday. And uh, actually, they were tearing down, so I helped them pick up the spread that night. Uh, but then I had to get going, trying to head back to my cabin, which is in, like, the Brainerd area. Because we hadn't been up there since who knows what time in the summer. And it was getting cold. There was just things to do. Well, I know we had left some stuff in the refrigerator, and the time's passed, and we've done that. You know, when you finally get up there in the spring, cans of beer have exploded or pop or who know what soda or whatever. Like, it's just a mess, and now you got to clean up the refrigerator, and it's just doesn't need to happen. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to swing by the cabin, spend the night at the cabin, uh, clean the refrigerator out, try to make sure that doesn't happen, and then um, figure something else to do, which is what I did. Which was good. And I was surprised that, uh, you know, earlier in the day, so it was like, oh, where's your cabin? And I was like, well, it's kind of my Brainerd, my Pillager. Uh, I was like, I think it's pretty much like straight east from here, maybe a little west. No, when I pulled it up on like, Google Maps, literally couldn't be any more straight east. You just hop on 210, you're there. <laughs> it was like an hour and a half drive. I thought it was going to be like two plus. No, super close to Fergus. So, that's kind of cool for a couple of reasons. One, next time I'm staying, I'm staying at the cabin and I'm thinking of what to do, not only is Fergus close, but that means Detroit Lakes is pretty close, and that opens up a whole new covey of lakes that I can fish instead of just fishing the same old lakes I was fishing in the Brainerd area. And it might be a little bit more of a drive, but not really that much. Some of the lakes I fish you know, in the Brainerd area, technically, because I'm 20 minutes out, 20 plus from Brainerd proper from where the cabin is anyways, west. So anything east of there or north of there, you start tacking on 10, 15, 20, 30, 35 minutes. Shit. There's plenty of places I've fished over there that were 45 minutes plus. That's the same as going to Detroit lakes pretty much. So that kind of open, opens up that whole Ottertail County area for me to start uh, exploring next time I'm up at the cabin. So, little sidetracked anyway so i call up t-bone i'm like hey what are, what's your plans for uh hunting saturday are you hunting malax because if you are and you have an open seat i'm in because that is on my way home from the cabin it would just be like way too easy of a transition to do as luck would have it that was his plan so uh i met him at malax and we uh we headed out and set up and now i'm thinking all right some things are starting to ice up like all the ponds around fergus are frozen like lax could be like really really good well it wasn't <laughs> there was not much going on we did not see that many birds so i don't know if that like needs to be more frozen to congregate the birds or if that, like, super early cold snap we had in October, like, pushed the birds out. Because I know there's a fair amount of birds in the south already. Um, so that very well may have happened. And we just don't have that many birds around. Although the weird thing was, like, with, like, Buffies and Golden Eyes, they seem, like, super reluctant to leave. And I'd be surprised if, if, if they were just all gone. And I think they just have too many options. Because, like... The whole of Malax is still open. They could be, you know, 10 miles out in the middle, you know, whatever. So who knows? I think they're probably still around. Maybe it'll get better this week. I'm not sure. But we ended up shooting um, a hen bluebill 
and a Drake common merganser. And that was it. So, I mean, it was fun. It's always fun hanging out with uh, fellow waterfall addicts. But as far as uh, shooting goes, it it wasn't that great. We didn't we didn't hang out too terribly long. We knew we'd kind of been defeated, so packed up, headed out. And I didn't really do anything on Sunday. Um, went and picked up a turkey from a guy for Thanksgiving. Uh, so I did that. Uh, I did do a little squirrel culling at the old casa because, man, they have been decimating my bird feeders, and they're getting way too comfortable. Uh, so I spent some time, me and the old 22 there, and uh, trimmed a few of them. I only got four of them. I had to sight it in. The thing was, like, way freaking off. So I should have killed more than I did, but I ended up shooting four of the fattest squirrels I have ever, ever processed. Like, I could not – it was – dude, my fingers were greasy. Like, it was crazy, crazy fatty. These squirrels were eating way too good off of my, my bird feed. So uh, I have a feeling I'm going to be doing that again all day Thanksgiving. I will have – the 22 will be propped there, and I am going to continue to thin – the herd, because I have way too many of them. I don't mind a couple squirrels. They're kind of cool. Uh, but when they can completely empty your bird feed. And these sons of bitches. They like, I have a metal container. Like a mini um, metal trash can, basically. I think it's actually like meant for um, like fireplace coals and ash or whatever. So it has a nice tight-fitting lid on it. So I put, that, I put my bird seed in there, and I put that on there. I don't know how the fuck they do it, but somehow they got that lid off, and they're right in the bin just eating everything. I'm like, you sons of that. That's That was the tipping point. I'm like, all right, that's it. That's it. It's time to shoot some of these squirrels. Uh, so, yeah, I shoot four of the biggest, fattiest squirrels I've ever shot in my life. I clean them up, uh, vacuum sealed them, put them into the freezer for future use. Uh, cause squirrel is delicious. And if you've never had it, you should probably try it cause it's very good. Um, very good in that it tastes so cliche, but it's pretty much like chicken. A little tougher. You got, you know, do the right things. Just look up a good squirrel recipe online and, and you'll be fine. Uh, it's, it's very, very good. So that's, uh, that's my recap for you. Um, for my rants, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse here, but I got into it on Facebook again because the whole, like, wolf thing came up. But I'm not going to get into, like, numbers and this blah, 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 blah. The thing that set me off this this week, today, as a matter of fact, was it's just this continuance of, like, self-loathing that people have for the human species. And it actually was kind of a roundabout way it got to wolves because it was something about beavers. The original post was about beavers. It's on Minnesota Naturalist on um, Facebook. And how, like, beavers are a prey species of the wolves and, and we're just seeing less beavers because there's more wolves now. And I was like, well, that's an interesting take on it. And then people started jumping in and defending the wolves right away because you got to defend the wolves. And then somebody jumps in and is like, actually, there's, like, 
beaver population is doing fine. I don't this is much to do about nothing. Uh, but it always devolves into this battle over wolves. And obviously we have a shit ton of wolves here in Minnesota. As I've stated many times before, we have more wolves in Minnesota than all of the western states combined by far. We absolutely should have a hunting and trapping season on them here. I'm glad they're being delisted. That's all great, fine, and dandy. But what I'm going to rant about is this mentality that you get of this human self-loathing that we have of, you know, because people are saying in this thread, he's like, you know, oh, the apex predators are really important to have and they can actually change the landscape and the environment with their impact. And it's such this great, beautiful thing. And then humans are this ugly thing. Well, you're right in one aspect. Apex predators are important to the landscape. And they do definitely have an impact in that landscape. And they can actually change that landscape. And can you think of a bigger apex predator than the humans, than Homo sapiens. We are the apex predator. We are. We have just as much right to this landscape as any other living thing. And they also always like to jump in with this like, and they were here before us, blah, 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 bullshit, which is bullshit because more and more evidence is coming out that is changing human history, backing it up by leaps and bounds to what we think we know about human history. And the most likely scenario is that humans and wolves probably co-evolved at the same time. Um, hundreds of thousands of years old, if not older, the human species is. So this whole bullshit about they were here before us, what does that have to do with anything? A, it's just a lazy-ass argument. It doesn't – do you say that to Native Americans? Would you dare say that to a Native American that the wolves were here before you, so you need to, like, just get out of their way, apparently? Like, no, we have as much right to the landscape as any other living thing. And as far as I'm concerned, I mean, are wolves going out of their way to um, preserve habitat? Do wolves limit their take? Do they, have, do they have daily and possession limits in place so that they don't over-harvest certain game animals? No, they fucking don't because they're wolves, and if they could, they would kill every last prey species that they could because it's in their nature to do so. So while we're sitting there hating ourselves for all these bad things that we do, humans do some pretty bitchin' things, like set up national park systems, like set daily limits, and licenses, and we manage, and we fund, and we set aside huge swaths of land to conserve nature, to manage wildlife so all the different species can proliferate and get to the best numbers that we can that where they don't impede other animals. That's what's wildlife management. That's what forestry is. That's what conservation is and you know who fucking does that humans do that the beavers don't fucking do it the wolves don't fucking do it 
The Bears don't do it. Pick your favorite charismatic megafauna. They don't do it. Pandas don't do it. Bald eagles don't do it. You know who does it? Human beings do it. So you can sit there and you can self-loathe and you can say we're the worst things. Yeah, you know what? Humans do some shitty things. You know, we're figuring it out as we went. Turn of the century, we killed almost everything that there was worth killing in this country. But we learned our lesson and now we have gone above and beyond to bring all of those species back. Or at least most of those species, but I'm pretty sure all of those species are back. So... We have that going for us. How about you give us a little bit of credit for what we're doing right freaking now? That's my rant. It's just, it's just so lazy and self-important and virtue signaling. Ugh, it's just gross. It's just nauseating. Nobody thinks you're a better person because you champion the wolf. All right? Like, you're not impressing anybody. The wolves are great, man. I love wolves. I could literally love wolves. I'm glad they're on the landscape. They have a place in the wild. I love knowing that they're out there. I've been fishing up on Pelican Lake multiple times now. And all of a sudden, you know, you're up there early in the morning and the wolves just start sounding off. Like that is one of the coolest experiences that you can have in the wild. It's makes the hair stand up on the back of your neck. It's just it's just this it's it's so cool. It's a haunting sound. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. I couldn't love it more than I do. That doesn't mean they're an, an untouchable species. It just doesn't. And you got to give like I said, you got to give credit where credit is due. Humans are doing our best to preserve these creatures, to conserve these creatures, to conserve all creatures and find this balance where we can live on this earth and they can live on this earth as well. I don't think anybody is advocating for the extinction, the purposeful extinction of any species, right? So we, can we please stop this ridiculous self-loathing narrative that is floating on or out there. Nobody is impressed. It doesn't make you a good person. It just means that you're willfully ignorant of how actual nature works. So there. There is my rant. <laughs> Felt good. Whew, it was very cathartic to get that off my chest. <sighs> I feel so much better now. <laughs> so I'll wrap this thing up. Uh, I will take this time to remind everybody that uh, ice season is upon us or almost upon us. I saw some people fishing last weekend. If you do venture up north and you seek out ice, be very cautious. Uh, buddy system, definitely bring your ice bud, bring your ice picks, um, do the rope, take all the necessary precautions, be careful, um, don't risk it. It's it's not worth it if you know what you're doing. Um, I would like to think I know what I, I'm doing. I haven't fallen in yet, knock on wood. Um, but I don't really push it. I know, I know what safe ice is for me. I have my spud. If I smack it, you know, I chuck that thing twice and it doesn't punch through, I know I'm not going to fall through. You know, I'm weighing 190 pounds, so uh, I'm good. Um 
But with that said, you know, be careful. This weekend I'm going to go hunting for ice. Hopefully I find it. I'm fairly confident I'm going to find it. Even though our weather has been fairly mild, highs are usually above freezing. It's only above freezing for like three hours a day. The rest of the time it's below freezing and not like, you know, single digits or teens or anything, but freezing is freezing. So it's slowly, and actually the, the slower the freeze, the better and the ice is going to be. Um, so I'm pretty confident we're going to find ice this uh, this weekend. Uh, and I'm looking very much forward to that. Uh, where I was going with this is that uh, because of the dirty Rona, Obviously, a lot of trade shows aren't going on, including the big one, which is the uh, St. Paul Ice Fishing Show, which would normally be going on the 4th, 5th, and the 6th. So there is still an option. And myself, Doug Glimmerveen from the SmackDown Outdoors podcast, Patrick Olson from The Lone Angler, we have been planning for months now, and we have put together this virtual ice fishing show for you we have like 47 vendors lined up they're going to come on we're going to be live uh all three of those days and everybody's scheduled out we'll release that schedule so if there's a particular brand whether it's clam or you know ice castle or um, ice hole power or i mean any of those 47 <laughs> companies um vexlar uh eskimo all the big names, right? They're they're all a part of it. Um, so look at the schedule. You can see what their latest and greatest is. We're going to have people on. We're going to talk about it. Um, we have quite a few giveaways um, that are going to go out. So for people that share the, the podcast, share the live stream, it's going to be on. Uh, so you know it's going to be we're doing this on the SmackDown Outdoors podcast Facebook page. So if you're not following SmackDown Outdoors podcast, do it now. So you don't miss this if you're a nice fisher person because um, that's where the action is going to go down. And, uh, yes, yeah, so we're going to have really good giveaways. You're going to hear everything about it. And, you know, the beautiful part is is that if you do end up going fishing, like you head up to Red Lake, sounds like they already have some fishable ice up there where you can walk out on anyways. You got your smartphone. You can fish and be part of the ice fishing show for the first time ever in history. What a beautiful thing that is, right? So I want to make sure I'm pimping that out. Um, share with your buddies. Let everybody know. It's going to be a, a pretty big deal. We're looking uh, – I'm very much looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. And chances are this is going to be an annual thing. Um, hopefully, we you know, we get past this, the dirty Rona. We have an actual ice fishing – St. Paul ice fishing show to go to next year. And uh, we won't compete with that. We'll do it probably another weekend. But the beauty of it is that if you've ever been a part of the ice fishing show and you've known that in years past when there's been good ice, attendance to the show is down. People want to go fishing. I mean, they want to go fishing. And when there's not good ice, then attendance is, is way up for obvious reasons. The beautiful part about this, we get this established and it becomes an annual thing, is that even if there is good ice, and you're gone, you can still take part in the show, as it were, because like I said, with your smartphone, you can be a part of it. You can get on the show savings. We'll have giveaways. You know, we'll be giving you guys some some codes to use at checkout to save yourself. You know, you can get that show pricing. Um, 
So it's a pretty big deal. Uh, you guys are going to love it. I can't wait to do it. So definitely check that out. That's December 4th, 5th, and 6th. 6th. The SmackDown Outdoors podcast page. That's where you're going to find it. And uh, if you're not already following Full Scale Outdoors on all the social medias, what the fuck, dude? Or dudette? Get on it. All right? Because uh, I've been sharing the streams there. We've been highlighting all the, every day. We've been highlighting the, the companies that are going to be a part of it and uh, been sharing that on my, my Facebook. So there it is. There's your weekend recap and rant. Thank you guys so much for joining me. Uh, I appreciate you each and every one of you for subscribing, tuning in, downloading, share it, continue to share it. I got uh, some exciting stuff to talk. We're going to, we're going to have an ice fishing episode. Um, you know, hopefully this weekend, then we have the big ice fishing show that I just talked about. And then the following weekend, I have the uh, weekend recap and rant is going to be completely different because I'll be going somewhere where you're not going to find ice unless it's in a drink. So I'll leave it nice and vague um, for you there. So I'll let you. They say leave you wanting more. So hopefully I'm leaving you wanting more. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate your time. Whatever your passion, pursue it full scale.